Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. We are in the middle of an incredible series uh, laying out our vision forward um, in the next season together, and really the part that everybody has to play together, and I'll get to that in a moment. We're doing our best working together to move from portable to permanent. Say amen to that, everybody, from portable to permanent. And uh, if you don't know, we are a permanent church that just happens to meet at a portable location. I, I always get, I'm always intrigued by people who ask me uh, that come for the first time or the second time or, or two years later, and they go, now, pastor, is this where we're always, is it always going to be like this? <laughs> and then I, what I want to say, I don't because I'm saved, but what I want to say is, well, if everybody gives and prays and serves like you do, we'll probably always be in this situation. <laughs> uh, but I'm saved, so I don't say that. But I want to. <laughs> Derek, I want to say, not you, but I want to say, if everybody prayed and invited their friends and gave their tithing and, and worshipped and, and did all of that, like because I, I have the church that I, that I create. Because I'm not, I'm not a consumer. I don't come here just to take. Once Jesus saves me, He didn't just save me for me. He saved me so I could get on mission to reach other people. And then he put me in a family like this so that we could do more together because we're always better together. We can accomplish more. We're better. All of us can do more than any one of us can do. Say amen to that. So, so we're moving from portable to permanent. The presence of God's permanent. The family's permanent. But we're going to align our vision around The last two weeks have been incredible. Um, I've loved it. Uh, two weeks ago on our fifth birthday, uh, dynamic uh, crowd. So many new faces. So many new people. I'm going to get this wrong, but I think in the month of September, I should have had it in front of me. Just shake your head in the general direction, Julie, if I'm right. I think in the month of September, it was 15, 12, 15 fresh starts, people that said yes to Jesus just in the month of September for the very first time. Come on, give God praise for that, everybody. Come on, that deserves better than that. People that said yes to Jesus. Come on, people that came from death to life. People from hell to heaven, that's worth celebrating. If we don't do that, if that doesn't light your fire, this is the wrong church for you. Let me go ahead and tell you that right now. Because this is the kind of church that believes everybody ought to know there's a God that loves them, there's grace for them, and there's more for them. Say amen to that, everybody. So it's been incredible. Two weeks ago, uh, Pastor Jeremy Foster was here. He preached hope in a hard place. If you haven't seen that message, I would encourage you to go back and see that message. Watch it on YouTube. And then last week, Pastor Daniel Floyd, uh, who uh, pastors in our life, Brandy and I, and a mentor to us, and um, he and Pastor Tammy were here, and he preached just a, honestly one of the best. I knew he has the gift of faith, but just to see it in operation, I wanted to whip a bear with a switch last week. I did. I just I wanted to storm hell with a water gun. Come on, somebody. I I just felt like man. I and every time he threw that jar, I knew it was going to shatter. And God gave us victory, and it didn't break. And so, just a f- fantastic uh, time. Always like to tell you where we're going before I get into today's message, and I'm I'm going to get there. But two weeks from now, everybody say two weeks. Two weeks, two weeks from now, not this week, not next week, but the following week. Two weeks from now. Uh, I'm beginning what may be uh, one of the most important series I've ever brought to you. And honestly, I I, want to repent to you for waiting so long to bring this message series to you. 
Uh, I have preached around this idea uh, uh, for some time, for the last five years, but really I, I've never honed in on a very specific uh, area. And in two weeks, I'm kicking off a brand new series on depression and anxiety and uh, on mental health. And here's what I know. Let me give you a preview. Here's what I know. Sickness is not sin. But Jesus died not just for your heart to be healed, not just for your diabetes to be healed, but you can, your mind can be healed and you can come out of the darkness into light. Everybody say amen to that. He did. He really did. And so there, there are people in your world, it may be you, uh, it, it has been me. Uh, there, there are people in your world who need this message series about depression and anxiety and mental health. And we're going to go to God's Word. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not going to pretend to be one. Uh, but I am going to give you God's answer to depression and anxiety and worry. And if you know someone battling this, a matter of fact, I, I would say you probably are sitting next to somewhere on a row with somebody dealing with this. And there's probably somebody in your home. Most uh, people agree over the last 18 months that um, mental health has declined at a rate we haven't seen in, since the dawn of human history. Uh, and we can, we can debate about why and lockdowns and all of that. You know the most lockdown city in the world's Melbourne, Australia, still locked down uh, to this day. Uh, suicide's higher than it's ever been on the continent of Australia. Uh, alcoholism, uh, drug addiction. Uh, we have prescribed more anti-anxiety medications in the last 18 months than the previous decade combined. It's a real thing, and if you don't think the devil had something to do with it, you are your head's in the sand, everybody. But also, if you don't think Jesus can deliver us and give us some daylight again, you don't know the kind of God we serve. Say amen to that, everybody. He really does. So I want to get you there uh, in two weeks. And then we are almost about a month away from my, my favorite thing we do all year long. Honestly, I have a lot of... I have a lot of favorite things. I kind of like this church like because um, I started it and all, and I liked it, everything. But, um, but this is, re- I, I tell you this a lot, but this really is my favorite thing we do. We're about a month away from our biggest and best series of the year. It's at the movie season, everybody. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. November the 14th kicks off at the movies, everybody, and it's the best time. Listen to me. It's the best time of the year to to bring somebody to church. People will say yes to an invitation. Barna Research says over 80% of people will say yes if they're just invited. Not if they see a billboard, not if they get a mailer in the mail. If they're invited by a friend, a family member, a coworker, a neighbor, they'll say yes. So two, really two series. Honestly, when I shift uh, in October, uh, October the 24th, when we, when we move into this series about depression and anxiety, from then until the end of the year, I just want you to bring, 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 bring. At the Movies is the best thing we do. Um, we've already recorded. Our team's working on that right now. You're going to love these movies. I think they're some of the best we've ever done, everybody. They're impactful. They're powerful. And I want you at, at the Movies. All right, are you ready to say I'm ready? All right, we're in the middle of this season of generosity. And uh, a few weeks ago, uh, on, on a seat next to you is a, a paper like this. Put this in your hand. A few weeks ago, we kicked off a, a generosity campaign called Plan to Stay. And Plan to Stay is not just a, uh, not just a message series. It really is an initiative together uh, of us stretching our faith and believing God. And I, I love this. Our team put together 
Uh, I love uh, just a little bit about who, who we are and what we're doing there. On the back, there's a little uh, something from Brandy and I, and then just a story of of lives that have been transformed. We just chose one story. There's does Matter of fact, I'd love to hear your story. If God's transformed your life here, I'd love for you to email me and let me know. I'd love for you to tell the team at the Welcome Tent. I'd love to feature your stories. One of the things we do as a staff team, one of the things I'd love to bring to you is just a story of God moving in your life and and so plan to stay is our generosity initiative. And, and a couple of weeks ago, I got to go back because I hadn't preached in a couple of weeks. But uh, when we first started it, we said there's just no place like home. There's just doesn't matter how old you get. Doesn't matter uh, uh, how far you live away. Doesn't matter the distance. There's just something about going home. Do you know what I'm saying, everybody? There's something about green bean casserole at mama's house. There's just something about it. That's, uh, if you don't amen nothing, y'all amen green bean casserole. There's just something... About and I'm I'm from the deep south, so everything's in a casserole. Everything's in a can. We kind of just merge it all together. When I moved to Texas, I realized um, this is how I know God called me to Texas. I don't like my food to touch. Where's all my saved people at? Where's all? There you are. I could t- I could tell. Where's all of you slobs that just put it all together and did? Yeah, slobs. Yep, all of y'all. Um, but when I moved to Texas, I realized, and I married a Texan, and Brandy likes likes you know. It's, there's a meat and there's veggies on the side right there, and she didn't kind of grow up. Uh, in the south, like I did, uh, Brody is from uh, Alabama. If you if you didn't know that, just talk to him. And um, <laughs> I would say roll tide, but giggle until Arkansas plays y'all again. <laughs> so, but but we grew up on casseroles, right, Brody? Give me give me an amen. Yeah, I mean it was just all together. Yeah, squash casserole, green bean casserole, everything, just whatever you can put in a casserole kind of how we grew up. There's just something about going home. Uh, you can get it somewhere else, but it's not like home. I, and I hope you feel that about church. Like, I can open up my phone, and I can get God's Word, but that's not home. And, and COVID has convinced a few people, none of y'all, but it's convinced some people that, well, this is the same thing. Look at me. This is not the same thing. You can watch the football game on this but there's nothing like being at Kyle Field, second largest uh, attendance uh, in the history of Kyle Field. 106,815 people were in Kyle Field and College Station last night. When they, did I tell you all they whipped Alabama? When they beat Alabama last night, 106,815 people on the field. You could watch it on TV. It was powerful. Brandy and I, I mean, it, we, were watching, we were laying in bed watching. It was a big deal. But there's nothing like being on the field. Are you with me, everybody? And there's just something about being home. There's something about being home. And then, and then after that, we said there's no place like home and, and that you could make yourself at home. That this church was always going to be a home for hurting people and hopeless people. And people who haven't heard the life-giving message of Jesus. That you don't have to be perfect to come to church here. As a matter of fact, if you keep looking and searching and going and church shopping around looking for the perfect church, you're going to be sorely mistaken and never get plugged in. Just pick one and get go all in on that one. And the moment you do, it will go from being perfect to imperfect because you're imperfect and I'm imperfect. And we'll mess it all up. But when you do that, you'll realize, man, there's no place like home and I can make myself at home here. Like I can, I can belong here. That's what tonight's all about, by the way. That, that's what our Welcome to Church Party is all about. It's about you saying, man, I, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to make myself at home here. I get intrigued by people, none of y'all, but people that come to the second service that always have things that our church could do better. They just don't do the things that we do now. Let me say it a better uh, this way. I, I'm always intrigued at people with great ideas for how to make the church better. They just don't participate in any of the bettering programs. 
So if you want a better student ministry, if I were you, I'd show up early and I'd ask Brandon, how can I go pick up Chick-fil-A? Because I want my 14-year-old saved. So I'm going to join the student team so I can ensure my kid has a student ministry. Are you there, everybody? If you want your 10-year-old like I do and my 7-year-old to love church, then I'm going to do everything I can to love kids ministry. We'll serve there. We'll show up early. We'll check them in. We'll bring snacks. We'll do anything we can because I'm going to participate in the miracle. I'm just going to make myself at home. Say amen to that, everybody. I'm going to make myself at home. I'll calm down. It's just been a while. So we're joining God in this idea of home. If you have your Bibles, Ephesians 2. Ephesians, the second chapter. Uh, we write this down everywhere. If you, if you want to know the doctrine of the church, I don't mean like what we believe about um, uh, core faith. I just mean the actual doctrine of the local church, like how a local church is supposed to work, how a local church is supposed to look, what the local church means. The book of Ephesians is really a, a, a thesis on, on the local church. Paul writes from a Roman prison to the church at Ephesus, and he kind of gives them this, which is interesting. Ephesus is this a very cultured uh, city, and he gives them this thesis on what a church is, on what the local church is supposed to be. Uh, uh, it, the local church is not a place where you just attend. The local church is a family you belong to. The local church is not a place where believers come with their spiritual grocery carts pulled up in the aisle beside them and say, fill me up, pastor. A local church is a place where they come armed for battle in the armor of God, the full armor of God saying, how can I run into the gates of hell and rescue people out of hell? Come on, everybody. It's where, where I can serve people and love people. and uh, uh, it's, it's where we can be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let me tell you what we believe. I'm just giving you a doctrine of the church today. This is a vision series, so if, if you'll let me do that. Um, we don't believe we can ask God for anything in this city until we serve this city. Let me say it differently. If we want God to give us revival in the hill country, we've got to serve the hill. That The key to revival is serving, always. The key to the open heaven of God is always serving people. It's all, You just look at the ministry of Jesus. It's always serving people. Before the cross, the last thing he does, he washes feet and he serves communion. He serves Passover. It's always serving people. So it's why this Saturday we're going to be on this campus. Now we pay rent here. This is news to some of you. They don't give these away. Right? We actually pay for this and we pay handsomely for everything that you see here. So there's an exchange that happens between Bernie ISD and City Hills Church. We give them money. They sometimes give us air conditioning and most of the time unlock the doors. And, and that's, that's sort of the agreement we have with them. But, but we, we're not just satisfied with saying, well, we gave them our rent check and so they let us in here. No, we say, God, they're teachers that go, they're 80 plus teachers on this campus uh, tomorrow morning that are hurting that have problems, that marriages need healing, that have addiction problems, that are dealing with depression and anxiety. And God, we want you to give us the keys to these people. And in order to do that, we're going to show up on Saturday and we'll serve and we're going to plant all the plant. When they show up Monday morning next week, they're going to have a brand new campus because we're going to serve here. Because if God's going to give us a city, we have to serve our city. I feel like I'm preaching just to me, but that's okay. Ephesians 2 talks about what the church is. God is building a home. If you hadn't written this down somewhere, I want you to write this down on an index card or write it on your mirror in your bathroom. God's building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here, and what He's building. 
He used the apostles. and By the way, that's why you need to be at Welcome to Church tonight because God wants to use you. Irrespective of how you got here, he used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you. Everybody say me. Everybody say me. You cannot keep passing the buck to, to making a difference. You can't keep passing a buck to making a difference. If your life is shallow, if your faith feels shallow, if you feel disconnected from God, I will almost guarantee you it's because you're passing the buck and making a difference. He's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone, holds all the parts together. And every Sunday and every Monday night at 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 a women's freedom group, Julie's house, and every Tuesday night, at a co-ed freedom group that Brandy and I lead, and a men's freedom group that Brandon and Aubrey and Brody lead, and every Wednesday night at student service and small groups, and every Thursday and every Friday and every Saturday and every Sunday, we see it taking shape. Day after day, God is building a temple. There's this holy temple built by God, and all of us are built into it. And God is quite at home there. And that's really what, I, 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 if, I, if you don't catch anything else in this, honestly, I, I really do mean this. If, if, if you decide God hasn't talked to you about joining us in this generosity initiative, if you decide that God didn't tell you to do anything and participate, if all that you got out of this series is that you realize that God wants to use you to do something in the world, that God has a home that He wants to build and He wants to use you, that would be Enough for me. God's always wanted a place and permanence for His people. But God, listen to me. We have a part to play. God wants to use you. Say amen to that. God wants to use you. You don't have to be special to be used by God. And I'm glad because if it, if it was true, it wouldn't be me. You don't have to be tall to be used by God. Come on, Kesley. High five on that. So you don't have to be tall to be used by God. I don't care what Pete says. You don't have to be pretty to be used by God. I don't care what Brandy says. You don't, ha- you don't have to sing good like Rebecca. You don't have to have a good, inst- you don't have to have skills like Roy does on the drums. You don't have to be, you just, you don't have to be special. You just have to be available. You just have to recognize God's called me in the New Testament. Now, I know this is different for some of you. Some of you are looking at me like, like, like a monkey doing a math problem. But I, listen, look, in the, in the New Testament, so a lot of people go to churches and you think, well, it's the minister's job to do all the ministering. It's my job to do all the taking. You know, I come here because I like it. I like the worship a little bit. The little guy with the microphone's funny. And, and so that's why I come here. But listen, in the New Testament, the ministers don't do all the ministering. Listen to me. The ministers do the equipping. It's the members who do ministry. And you're in a church today that believes every person here is a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, the New Testament would call you an ambassador of the grace of God. He would call you a minister of mercy. He, you, God is what He wants to use you to reach your neighbor who's hurting. He wants to use you to bring a friend who's far from God but close to you to Jesus Christ. He wants to use you to serve our city and our community. He wants to use you on the mission field to reach the world with the gospel. He wants to use you. And I know what you're thinking. How could God use me? I don't have a lot to offer. I don't have anything that God could use. Listen to me. Write this in your notes. I didn't put it on the screen but God doesn't just add good things to your life to use you God is a multiplier of what you already have that was better than you amen so I'll say it again God does not just give you stuff to use Lavelle 
God does not just put something in you, Victoria, that you're supposed to use. That is not the way, well, God gave me this, so I must use it for him. Matter of fact, I grew up in a church that believed, Brandon, I grew up in a church that said, if you don't use it, you'll, wrong. Bad theology, not in the Bible. Not true. Matter of fact, the opposite is true. The Bible says the gifts and callings of God, He will not repent. He won't take them away. They'll just be inactive and there's a part of the world that needs your gift that just won't be reached. There's there's something that the kingdom will be missing if you don't do it. And most people think, well, God gave this to me and it's an ad. And and, and Cassie, I can sing, so I guess I'm supposed to use this to sing. And he gave it to me, so I guess I should use it. No, that's not true. God doesn't add to you so you can use it. God multiplies whatever it is you use and says, I'll take anything you've got and I'll use it to change the world. He's a multiplier. My gifts, my talents, my money, my influence, my blessings. He takes whatever you do have and he multiplies it. And the Bible said he can do more than you could think or even imagine with what you have. Let me give you a story from the New Testament that shows you this. Luke, the 19th, I'm sorry, Luke, the 9th chapter. Jesus has been teaching for a long time. And um, there's a lot of people there. There are thousands of people there. Luke 9. There are thousands of people there. Five, there two, two times this happens in the Bible. One time there are 5,000 men. The next time there are 4,000 men. But they didn't count women and children. Most people are married and have multiple children in this time. There's probably 15,000 or more people following Jesus. Let me pause there and tell you. If you like a small church, you're going to hate this one. And you're really going to hate heaven. So there's 15,000 people following Uh, Jesus, there's 5,000 men that are there, and it's late in the afternoon. And I have to believe that it's late in the afternoon like Texas late in the afternoon. You know, kind of like what we've been facing the last week or so where you get up in the morning and you open the windows and there's birds chirping and it's 60 degrees and you just, you want to sing just, (laughs) ha, 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 ha. And I put on sweaters for God. And I put on turtlenecks for the Lord. And I just say, thank you. And I get in my truck and I roll the windows down. And I breathe in 60 degree air. 665-ish. And I just love it. And I go to my office and I work. And then at noon or 1 or whenever I leave for work, I walk out into the outside. And I open the door expecting to have the same euphoria. And I say, God. My God, why hast thou forsaken us? And it's 109 degrees. I think it's there. I think that's the time late in the afternoon. Twelve disciples come to Jesus. And they say, I love this. Um, Send the crowds away to nearby villages and farms. I love that. Uh, Listen, we don't have nothing for them. I'd really appreciate it if you'd let them raid all these villages and farms out in there. Uh, They can find food and lodging for the night. By the way, let me pause here. Look at me. This is the way most people approach church. Uh, Tell them to go somewhere else. Somebody else will help them. Uh, This church really isn't for people like that. I would prefer they go somewhere else and get uh, all the help that they can get. Uh, uh, Jesus, could you tell them to go go, go to that other church? That other church lets people like them in. That other church likes people like that. This is really not. God, uh, tell them to go to the villages and and the other farms. Let them find food uh, for the night because we got nothing. There's nothing to eat. We're kind of in a remote place. We don't have anything 
uh, to offer them here. Uh, I have found more Christians than not, this is their response when they're, when they're met with a need. When they're met with opportunity for mission, it's somebody else can handle it instead of me. It's somebody else to give instead of me. Somebody else to serve instead of me. Somebody else to stay for takedown instead of me. Somebody else to get there early instead of me. Somebody else to serve in kids ministry instead of me. Somebody else to give generously instead of me. Somebody else is tithing. Obviously, they're doing okay instead of me. And, and we'll say, God, just send them to somebody else and let them do it. And I love Jesus' response here. This is probably the best thing that I, that, that I read in this entire passage. Verse 13, Jesus said, uh, say this out loud, you feed them. You didn't say it out loud. Everybody say, you feed them. You feed them. Point to yourself. You feed them. You feed them. You feed them. I love how, Je- I love how Jesus has the ability to do anything, and yet He won't do everything. I love how Jesus has all power, but He's given you power, and He said, when I give you the Holy Spirit, you'll do greater things than I did. I love how Jesus says the Holy Spirit isn't for status, it's for service. It's for you to do something. He, he just, I lo- it, there was no discussion. I wish I could pastor like Jesus. I wish I had the guts to do what Jesus did. When y'all come to me, not y'all, but people in the other service, when they come to me at the back door and say, Pastor, I really wish that we had a better youth ministry. I just really, do we have women's ministry that can meet just on Mondays? Because I'm only off on Mondays at 3 o'clock because that's when I need it to meet. And if, there, if there's any way that we could do that. And if not, honestly, there's three other churches in town that I could go to that do that. And I've already been to all of them. And so I'll go back to all of them if I can just do that. And I'd love to be able to, not y'all, no, I don't, y'all don't do that, but people in second service, whew, and so I, I wish I could look at them and go, you feed them, you start a women's small group, <laughs> you, 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 you show up and, and, and be here, or you give, pastor, are we ever going to get a building, I, honestly, I, just call me, this is true, this happened in our church one time, I remember somebody left our church a long time ago, and I'm over it, I'm actually lead them freedom now. But to my freedom group, I may need to talk this through <laughs> just in case there's something still there. But, but, but um, I remember somebody said, Pastor, call, this is truth. This is truth. This happened. At, we were at the movie theater. And that movie theater is nasty. Uh, I don't know if COVID originated in the lab or not, but it could have originated at the AMC movie theater right down that road right there. It could have. It's nasty. If it didn't start there, I promise you that was the first place it went to. <laughs> I promise you. And, and our team had got there early. It was so nasty. We started paying our own cleaning crew. I mean, it was bad. And, but our team did incredible. Y'all, hundreds of people got saved in this movie theater. It was unbelievable. We were filling it up. I mean, pre-COVID, we literally, we'd filled it up. Two we about to add a third service at Easter. It, it, I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. And somebody caught me at the back door of this revival church in a movie theater. And I said, Pastor, we're leaving today. That's our last service, which I always love. I think that's a good time to tell me, you know. Um, and, um, and we're leaving today. And this is, this is the last thing they said. They said, uh, but we'll be back when you get a real church. See why I need freedom? We'll be back when you have a real church. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who they are because if I tell you when they do come back, I'll have my security team tackle them. And so you'll just know when somebody's bloody walking out, it was them. <laughs> All right? That's Because the they can't come back. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting over it. Listen. I, I wish I could do what Jesus said and say, you feed them. God has something for you to do, listen to me, that he will not do for you. Write it down like this. God won't do for me what he's called me to do for him. 
God will not do for me what he's called me to do for him. (laughs) God will not do for me what he's called me to do for him. God could give us a million dollars today to buy this in, to buy the building, not just lease it, to finish it out and, and, and take the whole, God could do it today. I'm a faith believing, matter of fact, in Jesus name, I believe God's before the rapture takes place, God's going to give us a million dollar offering at this church. One person will write a million dollars, could be you. God's going to give us a million dollar offering at this church, but he could do it. I'm not saying he can't. God could give us a general contractor who says, you know what? I'll provide all the labor for free. Just use my guys and I'll provide he could do that he could give us that blessing he could go to the city right now and say here's the building permit you don't have to keep uh, begging and pleading and doing everything we're doing and sending gifts and bribing people and all this stuff we're doing to try to make it work He, uh, he could do all of that but listen if God answered all of his prayers with miracles then you couldn't get to be a part of the miracle then the miracle would become common to me and I would expect that all I had to do was beg God and God just show up and He did it for me. God will not do for me what He's calling me to do for Him. And God God will not give me something when He needs to teach me something. He's teaching me. He's stretching me. He's growing us. He's putting my faith in Him. God wants to use you to do that in this season. Keep reading verse 13, verse 14. But we only have five loaves of bread, two fish. We found this little boy with a lunch. That's Henry's lunchbox. We found this little boy whose mama packed him a lunch. Because mamas are always worried that they're going to show up without food. You know what I mean, baby? You okay? Just bring a snack with you, you know? This is all we have, or, or, or um, I love, I love the, how sassy disciples can get. Not y'all, but other church people I know. Listen to this. The disciples asked Jesus, God incarnate, are you expecting us to go and buy enough food to feed all these people? If I, y'all listen to me. If Jesus shows up in the flesh, I'm not going to be smart mouth. Okay, my mama taught me. I got my face slapped for a bit. Anybody else know what I'm talking about there? You don't, you don't talk back like that. You just do, you don't talk like that. I, these are the sassiest disciples. I've, <laughs> just, do, are, you expecting, are you expecting me to go and buy enough food? There's about 5,000 men there. Jesus said, I'll tell you what. I'll set you up for the miracle, but I won't do it for you. So you tell them to sit down in groups of 50. People all sat down. Jesus took five loaves and two fishes. Come here, Aaron. Jesus took five loaves and two fishes. All the way up here. He looked towards heaven. You're going to be Jesus. This is the only time. There's a lot of reasons why. First of all, Jesus would not wear a plunging V-neck. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You ready? He looked in the sky. That's what he said. He looked up towards heaven. And he blessed the bread in his hand. And then he broke the loaves into pieces. And he kept, watch this. And he kept giving the bread and the fish to the disciples. So they could distribute it to the people. And they all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Now look at me. Come back up here. Jesus takes bread and fish in his hands. That's all I got. Don't don't mess up. 
And he blesses it and he breaks it. Look at me. He blesses it and he breaks it. And then he hands it back to the disciples. Look at me. Listen to me. This, I'm telling you, I'll change the way you think about God answering your prayer if you'll catch hold of this. You, uh, your job is to start with what you do have and put it in Jesus' hands. Jesus then is going to bless it. Blessing belongs to Jesus. And most of the time, Jesus is going to break it more than you thought it was supposed to be broken. And oftentimes, I've gone to God and I said, God, why is it taking so long for us to get plans back from the architect? God, why is it taking so long for us to get a building permit? God, why is it taking so long for us to sign on this building? God, why is it taking so long for you to answer this prayer? Uh, Little did I know, Jesus is breaking. It all starts with ridiculous faith. I give it to Him. I'm giving it to Jesus. And then Jesus gives it back to me. And He says, I want you to distribute it to the disciples. I want you to pass it out. I want you to be a part of it. I want you to do something with it. Look at me. Listen to me. Listen to me. If all you do is put what's broken in His hands... You miss the miracle. Because the miracle, write this in your notes, the miracle doesn't happen in Jesus' hands. The miracle happens in the hands of the disciples. The miracle happens when He gives it back and He says, now you go feed them. Now you go distribute it. Now you go do it. The process of a miracle, write this in your notes, I didn't put it on the screen. The process of a miracle is I get what I do have and I give it to Jesus. And I say, Jesus, that's all I got. I, I gave generously. I gave above and beyond everything I could. We prayed about it. We, we thought about it. We, we asked each other. Brandon, I've been praying. What could I do? How could I be a part of this? And I give it to Jesus. And I put it in His hands. And Jesus blesses it and breaks it. And then He puts it back in my hands. And this is where it multiplies. Listen to me. Come play. If you want joy to multiply in your life, Look at me. Don't, don't look at the worst of me. Look at me. If you want peace to multiply in your life, if you need your marriage to multiply, if you need your, your talent to multiply, if you need something in your life, if you need a miracle in your life, you got to give it to Jesus. Let Jesus take care of it. But then He's going to give it back to you and you have to do something with it. You have to do something with it. Look at me. I'm not asking you to give to a building. I'm asking you to give generously so Jesus can bless everything we get. And then it gets back in our hands. And when we build this building, it's not so that we can fill it up. It's so that we can multiply. So we can reach more people. Help more people. Serve more people. Bless more people. That that, that way broken people have something to eat. The miracle is in your hands. Thank you. You can take that back and eat it. You look like you need a carb. (laughs) The miracle multiplying starts with you, ends with you. Now let me get really practical. I'm not asking you for half a million dollars to finish out this building. Look in my eyes because I want you to hear very clearly. I'm not asking you for anything. I'm asking God. Pastor Jeremy told you this two weeks ago. We're not asking you for half a million dollars. I'm asking God because God is my source. Because Jesus is the miracle worker. Jesus has to bless it and break it. Okay? But I am going to ask you to ask God. God, 
What do I have that I can give? God, what, what should we do as a family? Brandon and I are talking literally right now. What extra jobs? What, how could we take savings? How could we cast this in? What could we do so we can give generously above and beyond our tithing? How can we give so that we build God a home? Here's what I know. If you'll put whatever God puts in your heart in His hands, He'll bless it. And then when He gives us this building back to us, look at me. That's just the beginning of the miracle. Now we start using it to bless people and feed people. And 15,000 people are fed that day. And they, they, they take 12 basketfuls after that. Listen to me. If you'll give what God talks, you, uh, talks to you, if, if you'll give what God puts in your heart, if you'll give it to Jesus, and when He gives it back to us, I promise you, we're going to use it and God's going to bless thousands of people through it. It's going to take sacrifice from all of us. It's going to take a decision not to do what's convenient but to do what's generous. Here's what I know about giving. Giving's the most eternal thing you can do. It really is. You, you, can't, you can't take anything with you in eternity, but the Bible says you can send it on ahead. It says you can store up for yourself treasures in heaven. You can send it on ahead. In other words, I can put this, my finances, my generosity, my gifts, my talents, I can put this to work, and it shows up in eternity. Change lives and people coming to Jesus and there's two opportunities for you to participate so I want you to grab one of these commitment cards and and let me take a deep breath everybody take a deep breath I don't want these today I don't want you to even fill them out today I really don't matter of fact if you do I'll give it back to you I mean that because I want you to ask God and if you hadn't asked God yet and God hadn't talked to your heart and you're just putting what's convenient. Well, we'll give $10,000. We'll give $5,000. We'll $25,000. We'll, we can do $1,000, whatever. You'll just write whatever. I don't want you to do that. I want you to ask God. There's two opportunities to do that. You'll see that on the front. It says, here's our commitment. We are a plan to stay groundbreaking offering. Now, every year since we started our church, the second Sunday of December, we bring a vision offering above and beyond our tithing and offering. We call it the legacy offering uh, every year. It's still our legacy offering. This year we're just, we're putting the entire legacy offering into this building. And it's our groundbreaking offering. And I'm asking you to ask God, what's the most generous gift we can bring in one time? And then I want you to bring that joyfully on December the 12th. Full of joy. That I get to build God a house. That I get to put this in the hands of Jesus. And watch it. It's not much, Pastor. It doesn't matter. Everything, everything in the hands of Jesus multiplies. Everything in the hands of Jesus multiplies. But don't, don't just write something down. I want you to ask God. And then from today until April the 10th, there's six months. I want you to ask God, not just my groundbreaking offering. Not just, God, you, you've, you've called me to give you know, generously in this one time, this that fifty thousand dollars, that that twenty thousand dollar offering, that ten thousand dollars there. But God, what do you, over the next six months, I'm gonna give above and beyond my tithing. More than that groundbreaking offering, I'm gonna give above and beyond my tithing, so we can build God a house. Our plan to stay groundbreaking offering is Sunday, September. I'm sorry, Sunday, December the twelfth. And I'm asking you to ask God over the next couple of weeks. I want you to take this home. I want you to talk to God, and I want you to talk to your spouse, and I want you to say, God, what, what, what do I have? Like, what's in here? 
Like what can I give to God? That if I give it to Jesus, it, it multiplies. What would you have me to do that, that when you give it back to us, we're going to distribute the miracle? And then listen, then we get to be a part of Jesus touching tens of thousands of people. Like you don't just get to be a part of a church. Please don't see it. You don't just get to be a part of a building. You get to be a part. Jesus feeds 15. They didn't have a church building. They didn't have. It, would, they weren't, it was just, it was directly touching people. And I want you to see that in this initiative. So I'm going to ask you to ask God. God, what would you have us do to reach hurting people? Broken families. People who are far from God. People who are lost in addiction like I was. People who are joyless in their marriage. Their marriage is broken and has no joy. Single adults who feel lost like I did. Students who don't have any purpose. What would you have me to do to help reach children and turn them into world changers? God, what would you have me to do? Tell me what I have that I could put in your hands that you would bless. And then if you'll give it back to us, God, my commitment to you. Matter of fact, everybody in the room with your head bowed and your eyes closed, our commitment to God is we'll give it back to you. We'll present you a church blameless, full of joy, full of worshiping, praying, fasting, Bible reading, evangelists, missionaries, church planters, worship leaders, people who love Jesus, people who love other people, people who get up every day with the same battles as the rest of the world they just choose joy people who give an excellent spirit to the world they live with the spirit of excellence God I I just pray I pray for people in the room today that as they ask you over the next few days and few weeks God that you'll speak to their hearts whatever it is you'll have them do God I'm not asking them for anything I'm asking you God we need half a million dollars We need a great contractor. We need swift movement through the city of Bernie. We need subs that show up on time and do excellent work. God, we need to have a first service in this building. It needs to be completed by Easter 2022. We need to pay cash for it. God, I'm not asking you just for what we need. I'm asking you for above and beyond what we need so we can be a blessing. God, when we open that building, let us open it up giving more to missions than we've ever given in the last five years. God, when we build that building, help us to build something in a foreign soil. Help us to put a church in a village somewhere. Help us to build a Bible school in Sierra Leone in West Africa that we're building right now. God, help us to dedicate that building when we dedicate this one. God, help us to keep building an orphanage in Haiti. Thousand plus students, kids that are in the worst culture in the Western Hemisphere. God, give us more than we need so we can do more. Bless people. God, speak to our hearts. Whatever you tell us to do, my answer is yes. I keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed. Not just about money. This this series is not just about your finances. It's not just about um, this particular campaign. But I want to know what you need to give to God today that is broken in your life. What what, What do you need more of? Do you need more joy? Do you need some peace in your house? Do you need peace in your marriage? Do you need healing in your body? God, here's what I do have. I'm going to put it in your hands. 
I know you're going to bless it. When you give it back to me, I'm going to work this miracle. I'm going to work this miracle. I'm going to walk in deliverance. I'm going to walk in joy. I'm going to walk in peace. If that's you, nobody's looking around. If you just need, if there's something in your life you need Jesus to multiply, would you just be bold and raise your hand and say, that's me. Include me in this final prayer. Hands up all over the place. I see you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see you. God bless you. I see you. Thank you in the back. I see you. Lord Jesus, I pray. I pray for every person whose hand is raised that, God, you would multiply to them a miracle. God, I pray you take what they have left. God, I pray that you take what they find, whatever peace they can scrounge up. God, whatever remnants of their marriage that's left over, all those fragments and broken pieces that they bring it to Jesus. That, God, you would bless it. There may be a breaking in our lives, but, God, when you put it back in my hands, I'm going to work it. I'm going to walk in this miracle. I'm going to walk in deliverance. I'm going to walk in joy. I'm going to walk in peace again. Our marriage is going to walk in wholeness again. We're going to walk in complete healing and not just, God, not always wondering if and how, but God, I just believe you for a multiplying miracle. I thank you for it. If you're here today, you've never given your heart to Jesus. It starts with that. It's the first thing you've got to give Him is your whole life. If you've never done that or you're far from God today, let me lead you in a prayer back home. It starts with a simple prayer, but it costs you really your whole life. you just got to decide, I'm going all in with God. To make it easy on you, everybody in the room is going to pray the same prayer. Just say this, Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead to give me new life. So I repent. I give you my old life, all of my mistakes, all of my sin, all of my struggles. I give you my future, my hopes, my dreams. Save me today. Come on, say it like you mean it. Save me today. Be the Lord of my life. I'll follow you every day of my life. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. Come on, give God praise for His word, everybody, all over the house. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.